This morning's reading comes from Colossians, as we've already heard, and it's in chapter 4, and it will be in the church Bibles in front of you on page 1184. 1184. So, beginning at the second verse. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Brilliant. Thanks, Steve. Um, my name is Stephen Demetrio. I'm the youth minister at British Pennington Church. Great to see you all this morning. Uh, and this morning, we, we've had a birthday song. We're now going to have some magic. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, no, that's because uh, I, I know one magic trick, and I, I, I learnt it from a man in a Moroccan tent in the Atlas Mountains. And this man showed me this amazing trick. And so I'm going to share it with you this morning. Be excited. But, but, but for this trick, I need a volunteer. Someone with no magic experience needed. Just someone who can pick a card from a deck of cards. Any volunteers want to come and help? Anyone? Birthday man. Come on up, Steve. Come on up, Steve. Yeah, that's it. Brilliant. Um, give him a clap. Give him a clap. Steve, for this, for this, this trick to work, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? Uh, Birthday cake? No, <laughs> no, not yet. That is to come. Um, I had some cereal, Cheerios, some toast, uh, and tea. Oh, cereal. Cheerios. That's good. That's good. Now, um, can you pick a card from? Oh, I've got a red one. That'd be cheating, wouldn't it? Um, now, pick a card from this uh, lovely deck of cards. Any card you like. And then, can you go and just show, show the church, show people what, what card you picked? Show everyone. Walk around. Yeah, that's it. Give everyone a nice, a nice view. That's the one. Lovely. Perfect. And then come back then, Steve. That, that, that's wonderful. Now, <laughs> if, if we put it in here, we'll shuffle it up nicely. Shuffle it up. Um, and now, I am going to find your card okay. using the power of smell alone. <laughs> uh, Cheerios leave a distinct odour. Um, so what I'm going to do, Steve, I'm going to lay the cards out here, then I'm going to smell your hand, and then, then I'm going to smell the cards. Are you sure you want And them? I will find your card. So can I smell your hand, please? Yep. Bit of honey, some oats in there. <laughs> Seven grain magic. Now I'm going to smell the cards. Ooh, ooh, hello. Wait, wait, wait. Is that, is that your card? Yes. Oh, look at that. Thank you, Steve. You may go and sit down. Um, yes, it worked. Uh, thanks. Um, now, now, when I first saw that trick, I was amazed. I was blown away. I was like, that is incredible. And then the Moroccan man told me his secret. And I'm going to share it with you this morning. I'm going to break the magician's code or the magic circle thing. I'm not part of a magic circle, but I'm going to break that and tell you the secret of this trick. Um, so if you've got a pack of cards, you can do this after the service. Um, what do you do? 
Like, you fold the cards one way, like bend them a little bit. Someone chooses a card, they go and show everyone. You fold the cards the other way, and then you lay them all out, and it's the card that's folded the other way. And that's why you go close so you can sniff and see. How good is that? But, but like I heard it and I was like, wait, that is so simple. I can do that. That, that is so easy. Even I can do that. And um, this morning, we're looking at Colossians 4. Um, and it's all about evangelism or telling people about Jesus. And I hope that, that, that it's going to be like the Moroccan man showing me that trick, the secret to the trick. will hear these words and go, wow, that is so easy. I can do that. Because it really is so easy. There's two things. Uh, first, we speak to God about people. Uh, we pray. It's there in verse 2. Um, so the Bible's open to page 1184. Um, well, we camped out in there. 1184. Verse 2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. We speak to God about people. We pray. And that word devote yourselves, it means to, 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 um, an unwavering commitment to pray, to busy oneself in prayer. And we even get an example of what it looks like in verse 12 with our man Epaphras. Have a little look at him in verse 12. It says, Epaphras, who is one of you? A bit later on it says, is always wrestling in prayer for you. He's a prayer wrestler. I love that. He is devoted to pray. He's praying, he's working, he's putting effort into it. Uh, And yet, in 2018, we are devoted to so many things, aren't we? I mean, take a moment. In your life, what are you devoted to? What do you put time, energy, and effort and thought into? For me, uh, back in secondary school, <laughs> I was devoted to these guys. Now, some of you have no idea what I'm holding. This is Gengar, and again, that means nothing to you. This is a Pokemon. And like, I was devoted to Pokemon. It's a video game, um, and it's amazing. And in secondary school, we spent our whole lunch breaks sneaking our DSs in and playing Pokemon. We spent our, our time memorizing all 515 Pokemon as there were back then and reciting them to each other. Like we were devoted, we put all our energy, our time, our effort into these things. <laughs> and uh, God wants that same kind of devotion, that same kind of commitment, our time, our energy, our effort to be put not into Pokemon, <laughs> into prayer. Uh, and like that means that prayer it's not something that happens naturally it's not an easy thing to do necessarily like it involves a a conscious choice and effort and decision it it, it takes time and energy and effort to devote yourself to prayer it means that prayer should not be like an optional extra in, in our lives it should be integral to everything we do as christians and see devoting ourselves to prayer speaking to god it it might mean that for you you're going to start to speak to God. Like, start to speak to him. Um, maybe that's every day, like spending a little bit in the morning or the evening, just committing to speak to him at, at that point every single day. Or it might mean devoting yourself to prayer. It might mean busying yourself in prayer, so giving more time and more space uh, to pray. And did you notice in verse 2, it's devote yourselves like there's a plural in there it's something we do together and this is a little mushy example but um lizzie and i and my wife from the first date uh, from, from our first date till now we've prayed every single day together oh isn't that lovely um but who could you do that with in church in your homes maybe or, or with a friend at church devote yourself to prayer and actually as a church this means every second wednesday of the month 
is blocked out and booked off so every single one of us can be at small groups together, no matter what. That's devoting yourself to prayer. That's committing to it. It's being there no matter what. But then, what do we pray about? What do we speak to God about? Well, have a look. Because Paul gives us two of the most important things to speak to God about. One is being thankful. Thanksgiving. The second one's in verses 3 and 4. Have a little look with me. This is our focus for, for this morning. Pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And did you see? Where's Paul as he writes these words? Do you notice? Verse 3. He's in chains. Paul is in prison as he writes these words. Now, if that's me, right? My prayer request is, get me free from prison. I want the doors of my cell to be open so I can walk out and be free. But look at what Paul wants as his number one priority for prayer. Not freedom. Not open prison doors. Paul wants opportunities. He wants open doors to speak to others about Jesus. That's awesome. Like his number one priority is that others know Jesus. So he says, pray for opportunities for me to talk about Jesus. He says, speak to God about people for me so that I can talk to them and they'll respond to me. That's amazing. And actually, that's a great thing for us as a church to pray. Like every Sunday, a great thing is to use these words here and pray for our Sunday services. Pray that those preaching and teaching would proclaim the message clearly as we should. Pray that those listening would would have open hearts to hear and be transformed and changed by it. We speak to God about people because as we do, well, it changes us. Like it changes our focus. Um, there's, there's been this craze in films recently of putting um, Easter eggs in their films. And when I heard about this at first, I thought they were talking about actual chocolate eggs. It's not that. Um, Easter eggs are like little hidden messages that the creator of the films put in. And so they're easy to miss, but, but when you spot them, you're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Like, take, um, take this. This is Moana. Um, what an amazing film it was. Uh, I watched that through first time. I was like, oh, a great film. But then... I read this article of Moana, 12 different Easter eggs that you may have missed, like as you do, and I read them, and I watched it again. And suddenly, my focus had changed. I was thinking about something else, and so I spotted all these little hidden Disney gems, like Olaf was there, Sven was there, all the little hidden things that I'd missed before. Like, what wasn't in focus now was suddenly clear and sharp in my mind. And that's similar as we pray for opportunities to talk about Jesus. Because as we pray for that, it's on our mind. And so we'll be alert, ready, noticing opportunities when they come up to us. It changes us. It changes our focus. Um, and so why not pray for opportunities to talk to, talk about Jesus to, to your, your, your friend at school, your, your, your classmate, your, your window cleaner, your hairdresser. I mean, last time I was at the hairdressers, um, my curly locks hitting the floor. I was chatting to the man um, about God, about church, about how God's a God of wrath, and that's a good thing. All because I prayed beforehand and I was alert and noticing opportunities when they came up. We speak to God about people, it changes us. And actually, as we talk to God, um, often what we pray for is what we most desire in our lives, isn't it? And so let's be those who desire that our friends and family know Jesus. Speak to God about people, it changes us. But also, it changes others too. Here's what, what, what one writer said. Um, 
Actually, we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, it changes others too. Because the most evangelistically powerful thing we do as a church is not Christmas. It's not Chris Dingle. It's not Holiday Club. It's not even Alpha. The most evangelistically powerful thing we do, the greatest thing we do as a church is pray. It's small groups together. Here's what, what, what one writer said. He said, we stand locked outside the human heart. It is a formidable mountain, unable to be opened by any amount of human exertion. What is left to do? Pray. I love that. It shows the reality, doesn't it? That, that, that we cannot reason someone to become a Christian. We cannot, that cannot persuade someone to, to turn to Jesus. We cannot change someone's heart. But we can pray. And prayer is powerful because our God is powerful. Because our God can change someone's heart. And if we truly believe that, if we truly believe that only God could change someone's heart, that he had all that power, if we truly believe that, we will be devoted to speak to him about people. And so, why not? Each one of us here commit to pray for three or four people who don't know Jesus yet, pray that they would know Jesus, pray every single day. If all of us did that, there'd be over 300 names being prayed for. And that could be the start of something absolutely incredible. Because our God can change all those hearts. Speak to God about people. It changes us and it changes others. And we'll find out more in a bit. Amazing. So part one, speak to God about people. And part two, verse five, have a little look with me. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Part two, nice and simple. Speak to people about God. Um, uh, now, I did some research into the top ten topics of conversation, of small talk conversation uh, in Britain in 2018. Anyone want to guess what is number one, the top small talk conversation topic in England? The weather, yes. Um, I'm going to get to find out the list up, but the screen's not working, but that's all right. I'll keep pressing until it does work. Um, there we go. Here we go. I'll give you the full list. Weather, holidays, general feelings, local community events, youth, their children, gossip, work, traffic, national news, crime levels. Um, but, but, but the weather, like British people, we are renowned for talking about the weather. In fact, apparently, on average, we spend an hour a week talking about the weather. Like, and that racks up to five months of your life talking about the weather. Five months spent talking about drizzle, rain, hail, gloom, snow. Like, what? That's ridiculous. And Christians should be those who speak to people about God. And my reckoning is that God wouldn't be anywhere near the top 20 of that list. And that we spend, we would spend not even an hour in a month talking about him. Yet wouldn't it be amazing if the end of our lives, we'd spend over 5, 10, 20, 30 months of our lives devoted to talking about God. Wouldn't that be awesome? Speak to people about God. Uh, and look how we do it. We make the most of every opportunity. And that may sound quite scary. Well, here's a really simple way of doing it. We, we can throw out a hook. So like in conversations with someone, just throw out a little comment about Jesus, about God, about your faith, about the Bible, about youth group, about church. 
And if they bite and want to know more, they'll ask questions. But if you get the blank look and the swift conversation change, that's fine. But speak to others about God. And like this hook can be anything. Um, I was in the supermarket and one of our church family was there um, and there was a lady talking to her. And this lady wasn't doing very well. And so this member of our church family said, oh, I'll pray for you. And this lady was like, oh, when are you next going to church then? And this church legend just said, I haven't got to go to church to pray. I can pray anywhere. Like that's making the most opportunities. That's speaking to others about God. That That's correcting faulty views on God and telling them what the truth is. Isn't that awesome? Speak to people about God. And look how we speak um, in, 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 verse, in verse 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may have to answer everyone. Full of grace. Um, so we speak kindly and compassionately and lovingly. But also, we talk about grace. Because people think Christianity is all about what you can do and how good you have to be. But Christianity is all about what Christ has done and how good he is. And he is the essence of grace. So we talk about him and try and get conversations around to him if we can. And we speak seasoned with salt. So uh, if you've got one of the uh, little activity packs, you'll have, been, you'll have a packet of Walker's Salt and Shake Crisps. Now, humor me here. Um, Flutters, there you go. Um, why not open those crisps and try one without the seasoning? Just sample it and pass them around to people around you as well. See how they like the taste. Nice rustle of crisps, isn't that nice? Now, how does it, how does an unseasoned crisp taste? Pretty bland, right? Now, open a little blue pack, sprinkle the salt, and shake it up. It'll be hidden in there somewhere. Now, taste it. With a little seasoning on there. Yum! Tasty! Exciting! Um, we know this. We know, we know this is how it works. Like, <laughs> did Jordan lose the salt? Oh. But with the salt, it tastes nice. Like, like rice without salt is bland. Popcorn without salt is like bland and then some. And chips without salt, that's like Blandy McBlanderson from Bland Avenue. <laughs> and yet, in our conversations, we can make Jesus seem bland, dry and boring, can't we? Through uh, lots of rustling of crisps going on. But often we can make Jesus sound boring and dull by our lack of passion or our fear or our lack of feeling. And Ross Chiano, a youth worker before me here, he said, if you're making Jesus sound boring, you're doing something wrong. And he's right, because Jesus is anything but boring. Jesus is amazing, exciting, exhilarating. He is salty and distinctive. And yet, we can often share a generic goodwill feeling or message. Yeah, this is Paul urging the Colossians to, to share a distinctive, cutting, exciting, inviting, passionate Jesus. Because that's infectious. Because uh, as we make the most opportunities, as we speak to people about God, we share a distinctive, salty Jesus. And as we do, others, Psalm 34, verse 8, should taste and see that the Lord is good. Speak to people about God. But but why? Like, why is this so important? Why, why are we supposed to speak about God? Why do we speak to God? 
Can't we just leave others in their own little worldviews and their own thinking? Isn't that what we should do? See, this is so important. This is so vital because of Jesus. Because of his life and his death. His life. Um, Colossians 4, verse 2 to 6, basically sums up Jesus' life on this earth. Have a little look. Jesus, um, he was devoted to prayer. He spoke to God about people. He spoke to God about us here. John 17 is amazing prayer, all by Jesus to God about us. In the Gospels, we see him going to pray over and over again. In fact, prayer was so integral to his life that even with his last breaths on this earth, he was praying. Father, forgive them. He spoke to God about people. And also, he spoke to people about God, didn't he? Like he made the most of every opportunity. He talked about God, about, about, about heaven, about how good um, life is. He asked questions. He told parables. He, he, he talked to everyone and anyone he could. See, Colossians 4, 2-6 sums up Christ's life on this earth. He spoke to God about people. He was devoted to prayer. He spoke to people about God. He made the most of every opportunity. And if we're Christians, we should follow him and be like him. That's why this is vital. But it's also vital because of Christ's death. Because Jesus died on the cross. A horrible, gruesome death. He, he took the full wrath of God. He bore the punishment we deserve. He died horribly, gruesomely alone. But, but he took God's wrath so that if we trust in him, we don't have to take that wrath for ourselves. He took God's punishment so that we could go free if we trust in him. He died our death so that we could live beyond the grave. Jesus died for us so that we might live with him. And if we believe in him, then happy days, forever happy days in heaven with him. But the alternative for not believing is scary. God's wrath, deserved punishment, and forever death. See, the cross is why evangelism is vital. The cross is why prayer is vital. Because on the cross, God provides a way out of punishment, of wrath, and of death. And his name is Jesus. And if we truly believe that, then we will be devoted to speak to God about people. We'll be devoted to prayer. If we truly believe that, we would make the most opportunities. We would speak to others about God. The cross is why this is so, so important. And so to end, we're going to do things a bit differently. Um, I'm going to reread Colossians 4, 2 to 6. And then I'm going to leave a big old pause. In that time, why not think of one thing? One thing you want to change. One thing that God's been speaking to you this morning. And maybe write it on your sheet or pray about it. It might be you want to devote yourselves to being at small groups together every single time it's on. It might be that you've never thought of the consequences of not believing in Jesus and you want to know more. It might be that you want to start to talk to God for the first time regularly. And so you might set an alarm on your phone. Or, or, or it might be that list of three or four people you want to write down and devote to pray for. Whatever it is, I'm going to leave a big space and then I'll pray after that. So let me read Colossians 4 verses 2 to 6 for us. 
Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Friends, be excited. It is this easy. We speak to God about people and speak to people about God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the words of Colossians 4, 2 to 6. Thank you that they sum up Christ's life on this earth. And thank you that that they remind us of the, the vital importance of doing these two things. Help us here to be those who are excited about doing those two things, about praying and evangelizing. Give us opportunities to talk about Jesus because he is amazing. And he is the way out of wrath, punishment and death. Father, help us to know that, believe that and share that. Amen.